What is good, Cultivate family? I hope you've all had a good week. So I'm guessing you can already tell what this podcast is going to be about from the title. It is the week of the CrossFit Games, so I thought it was a pretty good week to actually release this episode that I did with my friend Tyler. Tyler is a queer coach based in Bristol. We've been internet friends for ages, as I have with most of my guests. And we got chatting to each other online because we both did CrossFit and obviously we are not very much conventional CrossFit people. So we thought it'd be cool to get together and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly and put the CrossFit world to right a bit in our own way. Before I get started, I just want to preempt this episode with we use the word box a lot. Box is just another word for like a functional fitness gym. We also talk a lot about RXing workouts. And what that means is that you do the workout as it is written on the board as opposed to scaling it. So I hope that makes sense ahead of this episode and I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you for having me. Definitely looking forward to this. So yeah, my name's Tyler and he, him, personal trainer here in the UK currently, originally from America, if you can't tell from from the accents. And basically, like, like yourself, I think we have a lot of similarities in the space. I work with a lot of queer clients or clients who don't feel represented in the gym space and might be lacking a little confidence to enter fitness. Oh, yeah. Very similar to me. Can't really remember how we, we met. We've never actually met we're just online, online friends. Just social friends. Social yeah. Media. And I can't really remember, but I think we just got, we got talking around the time that the CrossFit Open was happening because we were both doing it and I had never done one before. So that sort of brings us into this podcast episode today, which I'm probably going to call the cult of CrossFit. <laughs> perfect. That sounds perfect. Which is very appropriate, but if the shoe fits. Both of us as queer CrossFitters, obviously we are very underrepresented, the CrossFit industry. So we're just going to have some chat today about CrossFit. We're going to do a little bit of myth busting. We're going to talk through a bunch of comments that people have sent to me about how they feel about it. So to kick it off, how did you get into CrossFit and what is like the first thing that made you want to do it? I was actually thinking about this before we, um, when we decided to do this and I had to really scroll back because it's been quite a while for me. So I actually started CrossFit in 2012. Okay, cool. So uh, Yeah. And I haven't been, I, I don't do it as much anymore. I do a bit of CrossFit. I will participate in the open, but I kind of do, I do more of my own thing, but I do love to dive into a CrossFit session when I'm out on a holiday. Box drop-ins are always the best, but yeah, anyways, I got started about 2012. I think I, I'm just a sucker for marketing and I probably saw, you know, that, uh, big bold font somewhere, all cat blocks, um, and just fell in love with it and thought that's ah, something I need to try out. So I was actually working in Alaska and I did my foundations there and I started some classes, but at the time I was working in the cruise industry. So I was on a cruise ship where there was obviously not CrossFit the majority of the time. So I was kind of diving in and out of CrossFit until I permanently moved to England about six or seven years later. And that's when I proper got into it, was able to commit to it, you know, weekly, yearly. Nice. So 2012, that was actually, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as popular then as it is now. And obviously it started in America when you moved over to the UK to do it. Was there much options to choose from for doing it? Funny enough, there was hardly any. So I've really watched it blow up here. And there was some in London and I was living north of London in Hertfordshire. 
And I was quite lucky because right when I permanently moved, a brand new CrossFit facility opened in a little place called Stevenage. Uh, (laughs) Some people are familiar with it. Not the loveliest place, but uh, it's all right. So there was a brand new facility opening and I had the pleasure of being one of the original members. So it was pretty much while they were getting the word out there, a one-to-one PT session with the coach owner (laughs) introducing me to CrossFit every day because I was quite committed. And it was absolutely lovely. And now, I mean, that's, I don't know how many years it's been since then, probably about eight years since they opened. And um, I still follow them on social, Six Hills CrossFit. And it seems like they're booming and have a brilliant community. That's awesome. Um, When you went for the first time in Alaska, how was that? How was like your first experience? Do you remember what like your first workout was like? I know I'm like putting you on the spot because it was ages ago. No, I still remember it. I remember we were outside. It was summertime in Alaska. It was quite warm. Uh, sun beating down and they had us doing simple things going through the basics as we'll probably talk about but everyone is required to take foundations and they strip all movements right back so you're not doing any of that crazy stuff with a barbell on day one you might have a pvc pipe or a wooden barbell uh, a wooden dowel instead of a barbell so we were doing that sort of thing outside you know just practicing air squats just basically bodyweight squat and i never knew at that point i had done some fitness a lot of running I never knew a bodyweight squat could be so painful. And I also didn't know how much little bits of tweaking I needed to do with a lot of the basics. So right from day one, I felt quite confident. Before going in and having that workout, though, I was extremely intimidated uh, as a queer individual about the gym atmosphere. It's obviously surrounded with a lot of toxic masculinity. And it wasn't so much CrossFit because CrossFit didn't have a huge name at that time. So I didn't know much about it, but just general gym intimidation, I guess you could call it. Um, so I was absolutely uh, living in fear going into that initial initial workout, initial session. I, I love the word gym intimidation. I've never heard that before and I don't know how. So I'll yeah. absolutely be stealing that. So I suppose because you started at a time when it wasn't like as popular and wasn't as like publicized and not a lot of the big documentaries and big movies about the CrossFit games had come out yet. So you sort of had the opposite experience to me. Um, I stumbled across one of the Fittest on Earth documentaries. So the Fittest on Earth documentaries are made about the CrossFit Games. Have you ever watched any of them? Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one I watched. If It was definitely one with Matt Fraser in it, who is one of the fittest men on Earth, technically, in relation to CrossFit and is retired now. I remember accidentally discovering one of those and being like, what the hell is this? This looks incredible. They are insane. (laughs) I chased down all the documentaries that were out at the time. I think it was three or four. And I just became really obsessed with watching it. And in my head, it was always like at the back of my head, I would really love to be able to do anything like that. And I had just kind of started a bit of resistance training in the gym. And I felt in my head, like doing any of the Olympic weightlifting, any of the kind of higher intensity stuff, any of the big kind of gymnastic movements, all of that seemed absolutely wild and completely unattainable, but I still just fucking loved it. (laughs) And I I don't know what it was. So that was a bit about 2018. So now we're in 2023. I only started CrossFit just after my top surgery, which was in September. So I've really not been doing it very long at all. And the reason it took me that long to do it, uh, number one, because I was ridiculously intimidated and scared because 
all I'd seen of CrossFit was those movies, was those CrossFit Games documentaries. So that to me was the standard. And yes. then when I finally plucked up the courage after obviously being a PT for a year and in my head being like, well, if my client told me they wanted to try CrossFit, what would I tell them? And I was like, I would tell them to go and give it a go and see how it made them feel. So I eventually got there. I did my foundations like you did at an awesome gym in Leeds called Form. I'm still there now. <laughs> so we're at very different points in our journey. It took me a good five years to really muster up the courage, but I'm really glad I did. But all of the all of the things that put me off at first were similar, like the toxic masculinity. Obviously, like seeing videos of people in boxes doing workouts on like YouTube and stuff that were just like ripping their tops off on the assault bikes and yeah. like sort of puffing their chest out and strutting around the gym in between sets. And that to me just didn't look like a place that I could ever be in. But that's maybe the main misconception that we have, I suppose, about yes. it. But I guess that brings us to the other thing where queer and trans people are just severely underrepresented in it. Have you met many queer or trans CrossFit athletes at any gyms, any boxes? Yeah, so I think in a lot of like the documentaries and the mainstream media and things like that, the queer community is highly underrepresented, obviously, in, in the sport of CrossFit. Uh, there are some big names out there, like I think it's Alex Smith came out as gay when he was doing the Open a few few years ago or something. Chloe Johnson, a famous trans athlete who yep. actually had a lawsuit against CrossFit, I think, back in 2014 or something, because they wouldn't allow her to compete in her appropriate gender category. So there has been some like moves in the right direction throughout CrossFit in the community. But I think as a whole, yes, extremely underrepresented. So I've been a member traveling, moving around this country and going around America and uh, just traveling for work loads over the past you know, however many years it's been, I've actually run into loads of people from the queer community when you're actually inside the box. It draws people from the queer community in as horrendous as it can be from an outsider's perspective, that intimidation factor. It does seem that a lot of queer people end up venturing that way towards CrossFit. I think there's, um, I, th I don't know, there is a strong connection there. Yeah, it's weird really because there is like a couple of queer people in my gym and obviously it's, you know, it's in Leeds. Leeds isn't the biggest place in the UK for CrossFit. Yeah. But I think the thing is, I suppose for a lot of us is finding the right gym and like finding a gym that doesn't have that CrossFit culture that we hear all the negatives about, which we'll yes. go into in a little bit. But my experience of signing up to my CrossFit gym as a non-binary person was actually awesome. They do a 30-minute sort of like walk around the gym, which I was terrified about, but I did book it. And I luckily had a friend that was a PT who I used to work with that was like, book it and I will, you know, I'll give them a heads up that you're coming in. So that already made me feel comfortable having like someone that I knew that trained there. And then when I came in, they basically said, like, what do you struggle with? We saw that you put your pronouns in your application form. We've not had a non-binary member before, so we want to get this right. And so initially, like, I appreciated that massively. It was cool. I also like that they admitted they hadn't had a non-binary person there before because they were just like, oh, yeah, we have loads of trans people coming in here and obviously weren't. Or think they know the answers right away. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's an age-old thing of like, it, be confident with what you, like, admit what you don't know. That's the first step. Yeah, and so they just said to me, like, what changing room you want to use? Do it. It's good with everyone here. Like, you use whatever f- facilities you want, no questions asked. And there's, there is a male and a female changing room. There are male and female toilets. There is also, like, an accessible one as well. So that instantly made me feel better because that's obviously a big thing for me in commercial gyms. You know, ever since I've had, obviously had coaches and members misgender me a ton. And, you know, I have had a couple of coaches trip up and then be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm working on that. And like, I appreciated that as well. And that's more than I've ever got in any other commercial gym. So the experience of me actually signing up, them just being accepting of me was almost like enough to make me feel like get past all the fears that I had about that stuff. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about like what the culture is like in the one that you currently go to. Would you say it was the same as as accepting if you had like similar experiences where they've been accepting of like more minority groups and stuff? I was a little bit out of the CrossFit space for a minute and I was going to a big box gym and doing like my own CrossFit style programming there. And I will say that was not a great experience. I won't name the gyms, but it was filled with a lot of personal trainers. It felt like if you were a personal trainer, which I am, but I wasn't a personal trainer there, you were kind of frowned upon if you were paying per PT, even though they did have open gym membership. It actually made me appreciate some of the CrossFit boxes in Bristol more because the ones I've all been to here have been very inclusive. And then I went to this uh, you know, bigger gym that did have a good CrossFit space in calisthenics area. And it was just like rampant with men with their tops off all the time, not even because they were training, just because. And very toxic environment. I actually had a PT one time. I was in the middle of a workout doing a circuit. And I, I was using, uh, very clearly using a box for, you know, box jumps, a rower and a kettlebell. I'm sure it was apparent to everyone around. And a PT actually came over, took the kettlebell in the middle of my circuit so she could use it to prop up her phone and uh, record a couple of their clients. No. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. So actually, but, but as far as the CrossFit spaces in Bristol, yeah. I've not had, yeah, any negative experiences. One that I was going to in particular during the whole CrossFit controversy that some people might have known of a few years back during the beginning stages of COVID, there was quite a few yeah. controversial things that went on in the Black Lives Matter movement and CrossFit, some inappropriate things. The owner of the CrossFit box actually contacted me and a few other members who had either been in the CrossFit space for a while, who are from, you know, queer communities, minority communities, and got us all on a call to talk about how we felt about where CrossFit was going and if we felt represented and how we felt if they pushed forward with keeping with the CrossFit affiliation. And they did keep it. And I'm not sure it was something I necessarily agreed with at the time, but I did appreciate the fact that we were all out our voice and then also they were able to share their voice and why they were making the decisions that they were making, having taken all our feedback on board. Another CrossFit box here is women-owned, three women, some from the queer community that own this large, now two CrossFit boxes in Bristol together. So they are very big on inclusivity and diversity, and they actually even had a float in the Bristol Pride Parade. So that was fantastic. I haven't been to all of them in Bristol, but I've been to quite a few. So one big thing that I've always found uh, a bit uncomfortable with CrossFit, I don't mind the tracking scores. Sometimes it's fun to have that community vibe, but obviously when you go into a workout, for those people listening that don't know, they give you prescriptions 
of weights you may or may not use. And they're always at most CrossFit boxes until very recently. Some are changing them, but I think it's still very few. They are gendered. So the workouts are always gendered, female and male. Yeah, it's exactly the same as mine. I find that quite funny sometimes because like on Saturday, I did a partner workout with someone. It, It was like a bite. 400 meters for the men and 300 for the women and we just did the men it kind of makes no sense because very few people inside the crossfit gyms are actually doing the workouts as they are written which we will get to in a minute but yeah Mm. the gendered weights or movement standards is definitely one thing that is a bit pain like and seems annoying at like a gym level it still seems incredibly irrelevant to me because being being a coach for a number of years, it's irrelevant to the people. Like you said, you were doing the quote unquote male, um, female, whatever. At the end of the day, it's just weights and movement standards. And those are, you know, subject to the individual at the end of the day, regardless of gender. So I think working on like a rate of perceived exertion scale or something, you know, I want you aiming for what your eight out of 10 is on this. Yeah. And that would apply to everyone. Yeah, I would personally use that RPE with all my clients. And a lot of the time for me, it's like, yeah, give it your three out of 10 effort for this, then your five for this, then your eight for this. And then that might be a nine. For me, that makes more sense because when you're actually rating something, it's, it's something that I use with like hunger cues as well for people being able to number an effort level and being like I want you working at a five out of ten for this because you need to sustain it for a really long period of time that makes more sense to me than them being like well the men need to deadlift 40 and the women need to deadlift 30 for the most part in my gym I will just do the women but like sometimes every now and then I'll just go in the middle I, met, I remember like tweeting when I started, when you're at a CrossFit workout and the men's description is one thing and the women's is another thing, but you're non-binary, so you just throw it in the middle. And, and it, is, it is just totally re- irrelevant because what, are we saying like 95% of people in most CrossFit gyms are not CrossFit Games athletes? Like, yeah. and I'll go into the percentage of how many actually make the CrossFit Games in a minute. But yeah, the gendered like weights, reps, meters, times is definitely a frustration for me. Like every time someone says it's this much for guys, it's this much for girls, in my head, I'm stood there just like, hi. Especially when you're starting as well, because you don't know. So uh, those men's weights and women's weights were completely irrelevant to me when I first started, you know? Yeah. It, It didn't matter. It just, I wasn't doing either of them, to be honest with you. I was not able to achieve either of them. So in the beginning, having those there is very confusing with gender, without gender, just having those numbers on the board that are unattainable or confusing. And then after you've been in there for a while, you start to learn and you kind of naturally base it off an RPE yourself. You're like, I know what that weight's going to feel like, so I'll do this weight. So if it just started there, it'd be a whole lot less confusing for all of us involved. Yeah, imagine if everybody sort of did like a bit of a testing week, which in a sense you almost do at foundation level, but if it was a more intentional one, that would be pretty cool. Which leads us very nicely on to our next topic, which is, can anybody actually do CrossFit? Is CrossFit actually for everyone? Because that's a really big thing that gets banded around when people are like, oh, I can't do CrossFit. And then somebody from a CrossFit gym be like, oh, CrossFit's for everyone. Everyone can do CrossFit. And people are really skeptical of that. And I totally see why. A lot of the time before I joined, I was like, how can I do that? Because everything that I was seeing that had to do with CrossFit just looked mental. I think CrossFit's not going to be for everyone. 
It's not to say that everyone can't do it. The whole methodology behind CrossFit is it's infinitely scalable. And, and I'm sure people have seen videos out there on the CrossFit social where they have someone who's 97 years old doing the same class as Fit 25, you know, someone who's peak prime performer, game style athlete. And that 97 year old who might not even be mobile is doing a variation of that workout. So it is infinitely scalable. But I mean, also you'll see some athletes with yeah, hugely different abilities, you know, disabled athletes, whoever taking part in it. So where it might be infinitely scalable, does it work for everybody? Not necessarily. And again, it comes down to the gym at hand. So I think CrossFit could be for everyone with the right gym and, and give it, it's the style of workout that you want to be doing. Cause we have to remember not everyone's going to be wanting to dive down that rabbit hole. But if you have a great gym, who's really focused on inclusivity, then possibly everyone can do it. That's very much my stance on it. I think with the right coaching, it would be possible for every human to do it if they wanted to, regardless of like ability, movement, limitations, with the right coaching and the right inclusive space to do it in. With sucky coaching, <laughs> absolutely not. No, and yeah. The other thing is, is high intensity movement suitable for everyone based on like their lifestyle, based on health? Technically not. Technically, no. But I'd say to anyone out there who's thinking about, they want to give it a try, it probably is for you. You know, you probably, you can do it. If you're at the place where you want to do it, you can do it. Absolutely. Like, go find yourself a good gym, see if it's right for you. Totally agree. And I think the thing it comes down to, it's really hard to find the right place to do movement in full stop, especially for queer folk, especially for trans folk. And it's very similar to finding the right personal trainer, like someone that aligns with your values and someone that like Absolutely. you feel like you can relate to. I think that's the reason why we both do what we do. Yeah. And, we that's, know it's and a that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like queer or trans CrossFit coaches, again, few and few and far between. I'm not qualified. I will, I'm sure at some point down the line, I will definitely do like my level one and stuff. So our verdict on, can anyone do it? Is it actually scalable? hundred percent indefinitely scalable with the right coaching in the right space. Yes. Can anyone do it? So gray, such a gray area, but people that people that are interested and want want to give it a go absolutely should if they can find the right place. Are we yes. are we in agreement? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. So not for anyone in the UK. I don't think it's come that far yet, possibly. But if anyone's listening in America, I used to work with a foundation called the Out Foundation. I was a coach for them for a little while, but basically their whole motto is inclusive fitness. And they offer tips for gyms, boxes, yoga spaces, whatever, on how to become more inclusive. So it's all about inclusivity in sport, but they have a fitness finder. So if you find them on social, the Out Foundation or go to their website, they have an inclusive fitness finder where you can type in your area and it will show you, you know, CrossFit boxes, yoga studios that have, you know, either done some work without foundation or something. They can't just like, you know, pop their name in there and automatically be on the search engine. They actually have to be an inclusive space or working to be more inclusive space. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, imagine if you could just, if I could just walk into a CrossFit gym in the UK and see a progressive pride flag, I would feel a million times better, especially when I'm on tour. And it's like such a little gesture that can make the whole difference because I think that that instantly means that, you know, if you walk into a gym, like an independently run gym, like a lot of the CrossFit ones are, 
if you would see a massive progressive pride flag, you know that people are making a conscious choice to be in a space that has that. And yeah. a lot of the time, all the people are like, oh, where's the straight flag? They're not going to train in there because yeah. they morally don't want to. So that gets rid of them. Um, do you remember Angel from Queer Eye? Yes. Um, the gym that they were in, was it in like in Austin, Texas? Texas, yeah. Yeah. And the, it just had like progressive pride flag, looked like the most wonderful space. Seeing everyone gives Texas a bad name, but Austin... Um, actually being from the States, Texas can be a bit, uh, right wing, but Texas, Austin, especially is a very nice creative community. Yeah. I would love to see more of that. Just little gestures that could essentially just change the vibe a little bit. Like, yeah, it would be awesome. So my next thing that I want to talk about is injury and danger. Is CrossFit dangerous and do you get injured a lot doing it? So hear me with your thoughts. Honestly, I never personally had an injury in CrossFit. I've seen a lot of people get injured during CrossFit. I've seen a lot of people get injured in the gym on their own. I don't think CrossFit is any more dangerous than other sport necessarily done correctly. There's a bit of a gray area. So one of the big things when I was a CrossFit coach is you're obviously using a triage approach when you're coaching a class of 16 people, you know. The first thing is safety. So if you see anyone performing a movement unsafely, you need to have the confidence to stop that, which I mean, it's a difficult conversation sometimes, especially again, with those numbers on the board, this is another reason why I think they're bad. You have that men's number, women's number, and people are aiming to hit this RX pro athlete number, and they keep loading weight on the bar, thinking that they should be achieving that when this is not their full-time job. They might be only doing two classes a week. Exactly. Do I think everyone has the mobility to do a snatch effectively and safely, these big dynamic compound movements? Not necessarily. And that's where we can run into injuries. So yes, good coaching should always prevent that. But also we need to take a little autonomy as the athlete as well and make sure that we are not letting our ego get in the way and only performing movements that we feel confident and safe. Don't go throw an extra 5, 10 kilo just to get that PB or boost our ego when it might not be safe. Yeah, if we're given the space to be coached through the movements, like slowly and intentionally and carefully with all the progressive scaling options, if they're all laid out for you, and there isn't hierarchy given to hitting the numbers that are written on the whiteboard, yes. which are the RX numbers. I'm going to explain what RX is in the intro to the podcast. So everyone knows okay. when we reference it. I think from a lot of research I've done, it can actually be quite common for certain boxes to have like unqualified or inexperienced coaches. And that is obviously going to lead to it being more dangerous. And that could lead to injury, but that would be the same as you doing any sport with someone that doesn't know their shit or like training with a PT that just keeps you pushing the weight, pushing the weight, pushing the weight when you're not even nailing your technique. And I guess the other thing is if you're in busy peak classes when you teach 30 people, which is something that both you and I have done, not necessarily in CrossFit, but in in more commercial gym spaces, it's really hard to watch everyone's form and it's really hard to correct everyone. Mm. But I think with the structure of the CrossFit classes, if they're being done properly, there is always space before the main workout 
yes. for the coaches to go around and talk to everybody for the most part. Yes. And that in effect can be a lot safer than say a big hit style studio where it's just a 45 minute high intensity class with 30 people and everyone's running through each movement for 60 seconds. A coach doesn't have time to demo a movement, never mind watching out for form. That was my experience teaching pure gym class classes. Yeah. I was doing a 45 minute pump class that was to music and it was tempo. So it's continuous. And yeah. I'm the person that wants to show everyone how to do it safely. I want to give progressions. I want to give scaling options. And I want to tell them what muscles they're working and where yeah. they should feel the movement. And there's not a lot of room for that in your like mainstream commercial gyms. Yeah. However, there is a lot of room for that in like CrossFit functional fitness spaces that are independent because they care about it so much more. That's why I think CrossFit can get a bad name as far as safety, but in turn, I think it's a lot safer done properly than most of the fitness classes out there that put safety on the back seat. And I just think it's important for all boxes to regularly have these conversations. So right from day one, when you start, so for instance, in your foundations, having that safety discussion, talking about ego not getting in the way, talking why it's so much more important to conquer form first, and then just not letting that slide from day one, revisiting that quite often, and making sure all of your coaches are on the same wavelength, that if someone is lifting something, you know, not safely, we need to correct them to make it easier for each one of us moving forward. You know, that just won't be stood for that way. It becomes part of the culture. If safety, yeah. just like other things, inclusivity is ingrained in your culture, it's going to make a great place for everyone and just yeah. something that needs to be constantly revisited. Yeah, and reinforced for sure. Mm. I've heard of CrossFit gyms where people don't run warm-ups together. And I find that bizarre. Like mm. at my place, everyone does the warm-up together. Everyone does the movement preparation together. And then we all do the workout together. But I've definitely heard of some gyms where they're like, cool, warm-up, then we'll do the workout. That to me seems sloppy because do the people that you're training have enough you know, knowledge to get them to take themselves through the movement patterns that we're about to do? in the session yeah and i mean it's a perfect time like warm-ups you know getting some good drills in on the ball or that you know for those dynamic again compound movements that we're going to be getting into because they do take a lot i re i related quite to you throwback to the last podcast when you were talking about um snatching and you know these big dynamic not that i want my hips yeah yeah i was just like oh yeah i so relate i mean i've snatching is again like i will always go lightweight with that because i don't think um my coordination is necessarily the best with all those things. So I'm not always nailing nice snatches, but I've seen lots of people trying to snatch way more than they should be safely, you know, just to get those numbers. But what they're doing at the end of the day isn't even a snatch and it's just putting their own safety at risk. So, yeah, I think, I think it's hard because like, I think as a personal trainer and as someone that's uh, done a lot of work on their own, like ego, when it comes to lifting weights and I have been humbled a thousand million times over yeah. and I don't mind, uh, I don't mind failing, but for a lot of people that's quite hard. But as a PT, we fail all the time. We see other people fail all the time and it's part of the process and we actually almost thrive off it a little bit because we, yeah. we want to get better at it, but not everybody has the same mindset. And that means like when we go, you know, I was in a workout the other day where I had snatches. So going back to that, it's not my best post-hop surgery, especially. And, you know, there was a guy in front of me that was, you know, maybe doing 70 kilograms and I was doing 20 and that didn't bother me. And I didn't feel inferior. No one made me feel inferior. And I didn't build it up in my head to be like, well, I'm not as good as him. So I don't deserve to be here. But that very much 
is people's thought chains, especially people that don't spend a lot of their lives in the gym like we do. You know, if me and you went and did a CrossFit workout, but you're 12 years in, I'm seven months yeah. in, we would have a blast. I know this already, but like, I wouldn't be doing the same numbers as you. Um, in, in most movements, it would be different because we are all different humans. I suppose that's also why we see injuries in the gym. People walking about commercial gyms, beating their chest, trying to put more weight on the bar, trying to perform, trying to perform. But most of us are there just to feel good and to like have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, that's something in CrossFit at the boxes that can be really pushed through the culture to make it a safer, more enjoyable space. Because you might care about the numbers when you first get there, but in a good box, you will quickly realize it's not about that. And, you know, if we if we drill it down, we can help change those thought patterns and start making it about the ego and everybody's their own. Uh, yeah, champion. 100%. Like I regularly go to like the 12 o'clock class at my box and it's a really nice group of people. It's pretty much the same people every day. And the coach that takes it, I remember doing overhead squats with a training bar. So that weighs seven kilograms. Mm. And this was maybe a few months post top surgery. So obviously I'm being very, very careful, maybe around yes. the six month mark. Just seven kilograms, mobility is not great, but I'm getting the reps in and I'm getting through the workout sustainably. I'm not going out too hot. And he just turns to me and he goes, I like that. That's great. Keep doing that. And everyone around me was doing bare numbers, but I was making progress in my own way. If the gym you're going to is not like that, then that is never going to be my kind of gym. But having someone be like, those look awesome, amazing quality reps, perfect weight selection, perfect scaling selection. And that's the one thing that that seems to always get reinforced to me. Those look great. That looks great. And I've learned so much from that when I now train people and give scaling options to people as well. And if that isn't happening, then that's not going to be your place. No. I think also people are taking it far too seriously is another thing that puts people off, isn't it? Yes. A lot of the people I see every day at CrossFit, we show up, we have a little bit of chat, you know, we enjoy it, we laugh about it. And but you do the 12 o'clock. Yeah. So that's kind of led me to uh, think of something. So having coached CrossFit and having been to a number of different times of classes, I don't want to put people in boxes based off of what time they go to CrossFit. Uh, oh no, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, right? So 12 o'clock is a really nice social budge, not very clicky in my experience. 100%. Lunchtime people are relaxed, They're good vibes. Um, so I was always a strong 6am goer for a long time. Oh, okay. 6am, sorry if you're out there. I've realized is uh, even from a coach's perspective, when I was coaching the 6 a.m., uh, I always felt like an outsider. They are very, very territorial at a lot of gyms. So I think that's something also that, again, I put this on the coach, uh, the box owners and the coaching community at boxes, but that needs to be nipped in the butt quite early if it's happening at your CrossFit box. Because sometimes one negative uh, with CrossFit, although it can be super nice and inclusive and a great atmosphere and you can make great friends. I'm sure you have lots of social friends from the 12 o'clock. Even if that's the only time you're seeing them in your life and you're not friends outside of the box, you're like best friends in that moment and each other's cheerleaders and superheroes. And it's amazing. But sometimes also CrossFit can get clicky. There can be like a 6 a.m. click in the corner that will make you feel like an outsider if it's like, okay, I'm Lucinda and usually I'm here at 12 and it's phenomenal. But today no I have to go away. To <laughs> yeah, I, today I have to go away and I'm going to come in at 6 a.m. And yeah, it's early. Maybe no one's had their coffee yet. But all of a sudden it's a click and they look at you like an outsider. That's so valid. So at my gym, I've done a couple of like five o'clock ones and 
5 a.m. or 5 p.m. Sorry, no, 5 p.m. Okay. Um, 5 a.m. I would have been teaching classes or PTing, um, but I've done a couple of 5 p.m. ones in my books, and it's definitely the same. I don't know anyone there. Like a couple of people have maybe been like, all right. And obviously, that is built from like people going at the same time and meeting people. Yes. But those people would need to say hi to the people that aren't there all the time. Yeah, um, it. I know it's hard for me because I'm not always socially outgoing. So, like, sometimes I give off that face, like, I hate everyone. But really, I'm probably just really scared to talk to you in my own mind. I'm very aware of that as well as a person that maybe just doesn't look like a normal person that would be in there or like a person with a load of black letter tattoos on them or like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm always very conscious of the fact that if I'm there and I'm looking serious, that I might be very unapproachable. And I, I guess I've learned that from like being a PT as well, like making sure I'm approachable on the gym floor. And I know that like, yeah, obviously it doesn't come easy to everybody, but it's always like to me when I did classes, it was, it was my job to kind of get everyone laughing a little bit. And yeah, get that going, get that camaraderie. Or if your five o'clock coach knows you from the 12 o'clock, hey, everybody, this is Lucinda, usually on a 12 o'clock class. Here we are at five, make them feel welcome. Yeah. And then obviously people, there's quite a few partner workouts in CrossFit. And that's another thing that I really dreaded at the beginning. I actually dreaded it this weekend, the dreaded partner workout. Honestly, that brings me back to the trauma of a child where I'm going to get picked last. Yeah. I'm just like, oh no, here we are in grade school again and no one's going to pick me. And sure enough, it has happened quite a few times. So having your pals and like making friends within the community and within the class times, is so crucial. And if people aren't very welcoming, then again, it's probably, it's not going to be your vibe, is it? It's not going to make you feel good. So I am very much all about the lovely, friendly lunchtime classes uh, and definitely. everybody else that goes to them is very much like, oh, I don't go to the five o'clock or the six o'clock. It's just a bit too serious. And I'm like, yeah, because people are either tired or they've just come Straight out from, from work. And they're just yeah. going to have a little gossip in the corner and then not talk to a new person. And I'm just sort of like, mm. I like yeah. I'm, I'm ch I like to be chill. I like to have a chat. I like, you know, yeah. but question: Yes, do you know how many individual athletes make it to the quarterfinal of the CrossFit Games? Oh, I I don't have any idea. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, so it's fine. I do watch the CrossFit Games every year because it's a bit of fun, isn't it? But yeah, it is fun to watch. I made my photographer and my drummer watch it on tour uh, last year because it was on while I was away. Um, so some numbers for you. The CrossFit Games that you see every year, if you've ever watched it, 120 individual athletes make the quarterfinals. So that's 60 men and women, in inverted commas. The people that actually go to the games to compete in the, you know, the five days or whatever it is, it's only 80. So again, 40 men, 40 women. However, 4 million people in the world do CrossFit. Yeah. So what I've worked out from that is 0.002% of people that do CrossFit will ever go into the CrossFit Games. However, the CrossFit Games is like the main thing that people see of CrossFit. And I guess maybe my theory with that is that that's why people can be so put off by it because they are seeing 0.002% of the CrossFit community perform at this wildly high unsustainable level for a day-to-day -day person with a job and a life and um, when I actually looked at the numbers I was just like no wonder I thought I could never do it because that's what you were watching that was your initial introduction that would yeah. be like watching you know pro football or baseball or whatever sport and thinking you're going to do that same thing 
people's perception of it for the most part is based off you know such a tiny percentage of it and the crossfit that we see in the gyms is not like the crossfit that we see on tv i'm gonna state now for anyone listening to this that worries about going in and not being able to do the workout i have never rx a workout in my life i have always scaled every crossfit workout i have ever done and that includes competing in the crossfit open because obviously they have a scale category as well as an rx category when i tell people that they're like oh really and i'm like yeah i have been training played sports my whole life i'm a person of a decent fitness level and i have never rx the crossfit workout there may be elements to it that i almost do but i, w- I have never completely rx one and it, it may be a while before i do and i think the only ones that i would get it would only be ones that i got really lucky with and it would be like all my favorite things that i'm good at paired together same And that's okay. I think it's a mindset thing and a reframing thing of being okay with the fact that you're not going to crunch those numbers on the board because once you get over that, it's just fun and you just progress in your own way and compete with yourself. 100%. And that leads me to our final couple of points. Uh, I want us to like go through the comments that people sent me about why they've wanted to do it but haven't gone through with it. Because I've like I spent like the last twenty four hours having loads of DM chats with people, so I've I've kind of summarized the main ones. The first one is like the most common one is that people are just worried that they're not fit enough. And the thing with that that's really hard is that obviously everything we've talked about it can often look from the outside like you have to have this really amazing baseline level of fitness mm-hmm. to do it. But I think as we discussed, your level of fitness. The only way it's ever going to improve is if you make steps in the right direction towards it. You don't have to get fit to do CrossFit. You can go and do your foundations and figure out where your strengths lie and where the things you might want to work on lie. Yeah. And what what even is that? Fit enough. I mean, there is no measure fit enough. Any Anyone can do this and approach this. I mean, like I said, we discussed coaching and how that makes a difference and is you know, the high intensity right for everyone, et cetera. But if you have an interest in this, I think you can do it. You are fit yeah. enough. Whatever that means, you are fit enough. Everyone has a starting point. It is all different. And a good coach is going to make it feel nice and right for you. Also, many boxes when you start, you'll do your foundations course, not as an individual, but sometimes with a few other people, maybe three or four maybe sticks is probably about the most I've seen. You might start with a small group of people. So you're all kind of in that same boat, which is quite nice. And like I said, even when I did my basics, it doesn't matter how fit you are. We're all starting by learning an air squat with no weight. We're all starting with a stick, no barbell. With some CrossFit boxes, it will be weeks before you even pick up a barbell. And then we'll all be on a bike or on a rower, but there's no one setting a speed that you have to hit. So as long as you're moving and giving it whatever your best looks like on that particular day, because that changes as well. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah. And no one tells you this until you get there. (laughs) This is what is frustrating to me about the sport, because like no one tells you this shit before you get there. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I can just do this. And like my gym did like a bring a friend week. And so I brought my girlfriend (laughs) and we did like a partner workout together. So on the program that day was handstand push-ups. And she saw that and she was just like, what the fuck, Lucinda? Absolutely not. 
And I was like, no, 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 just come. You won't have to do a handstand push-up. No one's going to make you try. Yeah, and she no. was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And a lot of the scaling options for handstand push-ups is like a dumbbell push press or working on your press-ups or your pipe press-ups. A press-up can start on your knees. A dumbbell push press can start with one or two kilogram dumbbells. And there's no level, but no one tells you that. And then she was there and we were going through the scaling options. And when they laid out the scaling options for the handstand push-ups, she actually like tried a wall walk, which is where you sort of put your hands on the floor and walk your legs up the wall. And she was like, oh my God, I'm upside down. I've never done this before. And she had the space to like try a few things that she never would have tried on her own. So that was a really nice way of doing it. But the not fittest one is it's totally valid and I can see why. And I don't know what needs to change in CrossFit from there. Do they just need a better sort of explanation of how getting started even works? Because a lot of the time the messaging is just like, oh, you can be any fitness level. Well, they also don't show a lot of that. There's There's been a few yeah. uh, videos, you know, on their YouTube and whatnot. But again, the majority of what they're showing, what they're putting out there is this is cool, sexy, fun. We're all topless and, you know, ripped to the wall, you know, apparently it's not in Instagram standards. They're not finding it sexy to put like me doing an air squat. Air squats are not as sexy as as a massive compound barbell movement. But yeah, exactly. Maybe they are because they're like the bread and butter. So maybe we just all need to reframe. We do, because I mean, you can do, you know, the heaviest bar bubble squat in the world. But, you know, if you can't do an air squat. It's falling apart and you're getting injured. The basics are sexy. Basics are sexy. Hell yeah. That's that's what we're taking from this. So um, the next one that I found really interesting was actually frustration because seeing everybody do these complex movements, but you not being able to do them. So I guess in that we're, we're thinking about like bar muscle ups, like all the really hard gymnastic elements, like walking on your hands and stuff. I've maybe seen one person in my gym walk on their hands at any given yeah. occasion out of all the members. And I think the other thing is if people do get easily frustrated and don't enjoy the process of like chipping away at something, this could kind of be like, yeah, maybe it isn't going to be the sport for you because it's it's going to take fucking ages to build up the gymnastics bit. It's the one that so many people struggle with. It's probably my worst part of the sport for sure. I can't do a handstand push-up to save my life. It will be a very, very long time until I can, you know, but I kind of enjoy just trying to figure it out and like playing, I guess. But people get frustration from just knowing that they won't be able to do it straight away. That's something you relate to. I, I Yeah, I 100% relate to that. I get really frustrated and a bit competitive at times uh, <laughs> with, with myself. And it is tough, especially as a trainer. So snatch, for instance, again, something I struggle with. I've like gotten my mobility more there, but still it's like that hips in space thing. What am I doing? I'll record myself, look back, and I'm like, that is not what I was telling my body to do. What? <laughs> what? Why is it doing that? So I'd say just get out of your head. Easier said than done. But I mean, that's the best way to work about it. But also when you look at CrossFit, there is going to be a million movements. So that's the thing. You're, it's supposed to be the whole thing of it is trying to make you fit on all levels. So it can literally involve like in the games, like swimming, kayaking, whatever. There's handstand push-ups. There's ring muscle-ups. There's snatches there's a million things so you're not going to be a master at all of them and you're not going to get them all right away so you need to come to terms with that and then also have a talk with your coach about their support and you know choose something and focus on it 
many CrossFit boxes will have like programs where maybe there's a day, a gymnastics day every week, and you can choose what gymnastics movement you want to be working on during that gymnastics Tuesday or whatever. And also will help speaking with the coach and seeing what that line of progression looks like. Okay, I'm here. Where can I expect to be? down the line based on me as an athlete where where can i be so i think it's it's easier when you have expectations and know what you're working towards and know that it although may not be perfect ever it will be better than it was yesterday yeah a hundred percent and i and i guess it goes for all movement if you're aiming to improve something just aiming for those tiny little one percent betters every day but a lot of the a lot of the things people were expressing like you know they're not fit enough being judged by other people and not feeling like it's a space for beginners. Now, obviously, we've covered all that. All the stuff we've actually talked about, the one that I found super, super interesting, and one of the comments just read, I've never tried it because I'm worried people will think I'm too fat to do CrossFit. And I then obviously went off the top of my head and looked at people that were in bigger bodies um, as athletes and there are so few and it sucks. The main CrossFit athlete that I think about when I think about larger bodied athletes is Beth Robinson, who is, it's Sporty Beth on Instagram. I don't know. Yeah, and it's a great account to follow because it is true in CrossFit in general and even thinking about my experience with the boxes I've been in, people in bigger bodies are not seen in the space so much. Yeah, there's definitely a handful but in terms of like actual athletes that exist on the internet and that have like content and that mm. represent sport, there is so little. There is a hashtag on Instagram, plus size CrossFitter, two and a half thousand posts, mostly by the same four or five people. Like yeah. it, it sucks. And if everybody's thinking that their body size shape is going to be a limitation alongside a fitness level, that is just going to stop them from going in there. But yeah, if anyone's listening to this and is interested in trying CrossFit and they're a bigger bodied athlete, 100% go and follow Beth Robinson. She is incredible. She also does programming based on bigger body athletes as well. So like pull up progression plans and stuff like that. It's super, super affordable. Probably one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram for sure. Mm. Totally valid concern as to why people wouldn't want to come into the sport. Then my final point <laughs> The funniest one, which again, totally valid. People just thinking it's a cult and it's a bit culty in the same way yeah. that people think about like Peloton and Soul Cycle and all those. Why do you think everyone thinks it's a cult? Well, there's that big thing. What do they always say? The first rule of CrossFit is you only talk about CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> like that. that can come down to a lot of positive experience with CrossFit that wasn't expected. So I think we all have these preconceptions of it being very scary, very intimidating. And then you find yourself in a great CrossFit box with some great coaching and a great community. Those things don't always happen, but a lot of the time they do more often than they're given credit for. And then you're so shocked and so excited. And you're all of a sudden in this community that you never thought was possible, (laughs) doing things you never thought were possible. So look at your partner, for instance walking up on their hands, wouldn't have tried that on their own, as you said. Then you want to get out and talk about it because you're like, oh my God, look look what I'm doing. I'm in a space I never thought possible, doing things I never thought possible. And I have a strong supportive community behind me, which I also never thought was possible because a lot of people have been to big box gyms before, pure gyms, gym groups, etc., or even independent big box gyms and have been probably intimidated right out of those spaces. Even me as a personal trainer, I remember working at the gym group being with one of my clients on the gym floor 
and trying to be, you know, keep from being pushed out by these people going into, you know, roid rage on the gym floor. They're feeling like they own the place for their yeah. $19.99 a month. And it's just, it can be a very poor atmosphere. So I think people just get very excited and very passionate about it when they find something that's bringing them so much joy. And I think that's the reason why they're talking about it so much. But then again, that's when it comes off feeling like, wow, they must have joined a cult because all of a sudden they're elated and obsessed. Yeah, isn't it? It's like a long running joke. And then some people are like, well, is it though? (laughs) I can definitely confirm it's not very culty in my box at all. I don't know about yours. I think what's hard is that like, we joke about cults in like, popular culture and like mainstream society podcast i listen to a lot is sounds like a cult and they've covered crossfit before as well which was highly entertaining a lot of people are trying to build communities outside of like mainstream fitness spaces and i suppose when people are intimidated by something or they don't know what something is maybe their reaction is almost like fear or concern in a sense because they don't know what it is and similar to the way people think about the trans community, in a sense. I'm sure there is some CrossFit boxes and spaces that are well culty. I think sometimes like the kind of like toxic masculinity, walking around, beating their chest, taking their tops off, that's going to come across as really culty. I wouldn't want to be in that one for sure. No, 100% no. My final question to you, which I think you kind of probably answered in the episode, is if you had the power and influence to make CrossFit more accessible and change like the social culture of it, what would you do? Give better visibility across the social media and marketing channels. Like I said, they have reached out a little bit, but it's not enough. We know. And encourage people, straight people, cisgendered people, white people. So a lot of myself as well, people with that privilege to use their voice to push it forward. But that's people within CrossFit itself as well, like within corporation CrossFit. So start using that in positive ways, you know, stop preaching about these gender-based RXs to the general public when they're coming onto your classes. Start preaching yep. things like RPEs. That way we're only competing with ourselves and taking some of the ego out of it. I would just love to see them do something more inclusive with their marketing. Like I would love to see them make videos focusing on queer athletes, trans athletes, athletes of color, focusing on like larger bodied athletes and stuff like that, because it all exists. They're just not necessarily famous fitness influencers that are very well seen and palated by like the rest of society. If they could pivot that focus, you know, obviously it's awesome watching all of the athletes do their thing once a year. I love watching the games. It's super fun. That 0.002% of the CrossFit community competing, like it's great. It's free. It streams on YouTube. It's fun to watch people do wild shit at a very top level, similar to like watching the Olympics, watching football. But I also think, as we said, it's, it's maybe not sexy, not watching people be at the top end of movements, but it's real. I think that'd be great to watch people that you identify with as well, don't you? One of the things that came from posting about it yesterday is a lot of people were like, what is CrossFit? Like, I don't think I've ever seen it before. And I'm like, you follow me, so you've seen it. And then they were like, oh, you do CrossFit? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Like, that's the training style that I do. And I, I guess I mix that with like resistance training as well, probably similar to what you do actually realizing that I've got like an athlete profile on the CrossFit website as a view because that's that's part of the community. I think that's the other thing like everyone refers to each other as athletes don't they and that's just very much the standard but like to an everyday person they might think that 
is a bit weird or a bit like egotistical. Yeah, it's a good part of the culture. Everybody is an athlete and has the ability to do some athletics. Yeah, isn't it? The the one cool thing that I do love about CrossFit is the open. Every year it is like a big open virtual competition where everyone from the CrossFit community is invited to compete. You have like the older age groups, the younger age groups. There's a kids one, there's a teenagers one, different adaptive categories for people with different disabilities. Then they also have, as we've been talking about through the whole thing, RX scaled and foundations. So that literally means that they they have options for everyone to be a part of it in some format. Uh, 322,000 people entered it last year. Um, and again, it's still quite a small percentage based on the amount of people that do CrossFit across the world, mm. 4 million. That is the one accessible thing that they do do. And imagine if it was just a little bit more inclusive. Absolutely. Would love a non-binary category as well because I have to enter as female. Yeah. Maybe next year if I have enough testosterone in my body, you'll have to enter as male. Yeah, <laughs> that is very gendered as well, the open, isn't it? So. In it, it's just like, can't win them all, but we're trying. No. Uh, where can people find you? I'm, I'm on Instagram at tlandry27. Or you can go to my website, thehealthyhabit.co.uk. Hell yeah. I'll put all of those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for uh, putting the CrossFit world to rights with me today. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> I hope it's given all of our followers like a good insight into like the more realistic side to it and not the fancy tops off chest beating toxic strutting side of the sport that we don't really feel we align with massively if anyone else does have any questions or still has some things left lingering about crossfit or unsure and want to get started they can feel free to message either of us and hopefully we can put their mind at ease on specifics awesome thank you so much thanks all right that's another episode in the bag i hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much to all the people that put across their thoughts concerns intimidation gym intimidation about crossfit because that was really helpful to this episode for sure as always if you want to talk to me about joining my online coaching program i have group options or one-to-one hit me up on instagram you know where i am and i'll see you in the next one